1: Asia pacific shares are coming under pressure this morning as investors wait for the latest economic data due out of China this morning. Sydney down two-thirds of a percent. Seoul off one-third of a percent. Tokyo trading marginally higher. Joining me now, we're going to break down all the market action for you. Good morning, Ryan Huang.
0: Morning, Michelle.
1: How's your day been going? Pretty good. How's yours? Well... <laughs> Bit of a tricky start this morning. I understand shall the Paparazzi's
0: are out for you today.
1: Yeah, I got caught in the bus lane, unfortunately. <laughs> Trying to make a left turn can be tricky, you know, when there's a jam on the road. Uh, we begin this morning with one of Singapore's largest companies, a business that's, that is listed in the US and whose share price has plummeted more than 75% since hitting a peak late last year. I am talking about C Limited, the owner of the e commerce platform Shopee and game maker Garena. Late last year, C shares were worth more than 370 US dollars a share. Today they trade for less than 90. And now, for the first time since the plunge, the company's CEO, Forrest Lee, is opening up. He's addressing C's troubles. So, what does he have to say?
0: Yeah, I was just on Shopee this morning, buying up stuff. So he's in the news this morning again. So we've got a bit of a change in tone when it comes to his communication with his staff. So internal communications. And this comes in the form of a 900 word memo where he outlined a very, I guess, intimate message where he outlined how the drop in his share price recently has been quite painful. And he was trying to acknowledge that. And that is also in line with how many of his employees have stopped holdings. So this is something he tried to address and also talk about how the company is still in a good position and well positioned for growth in future. So this, he pretty much in short said that the pain will be short term, but uh, this is something they have to endure in order to maximize their long-term potential. And they are quite clear on what are their next steps. So a bit of a confidence booster of sorts in his long memo.
1: Yeah, 900 word email. Pretty long. C's gaming arm, Garena, is expected to gross nearly 3 billion US dollars this year. That is lower than in 2021, though. And it marks the first time that it is expected to decline. So, what else has been behind the massive sell off in C shares?
0: Yeah, C shares are now down 75% from their highs. So, it is around a perfect storm of reasons almost. So, You've got um, one of the big reasons recently is the disappointing quarterly report. And this comes after many quarters of strong earnings. So I think investors took that as a signal that maybe things uh, will be turning the corner and they started to take profit. And I think that just triggered a round of panic selling. And the sell-off started to pick up pace in January, three months later, when their biggest backer, Tencent, said they were selling their stake so another round of panic selling and then you've got the latest in February just last month when India banned one of the biggest games Free Fire and this is around links which they accused um, C of sending data back to China uh, that is still being debated but that Nonetheless, saw investors just selling first and asking questions later. So a lot of downward pressure in the past few months and that is seeing their stock still under pressure. Overnight, we saw it down um, almost 3.4%.
1: Some analysts have been calling for greater transparency from C. Do you think that Lee's message to employees in this 900-word email uh, begins to meet these needs for transparency? Could it help shape its share price as well?
0: There is an argument that it is helpful because part of the um, game when it comes to stock prices is selling confidence and selling the story behind the company. When you have more details and more colour, it does help to paint that picture. So, if you have, for example, metrics around what to watch out for and what the company is doing in terms of steps, concrete steps, what our products are coming up. So, all these uh, things are details that will be talked about in investment circles and speculated upon and in some way just feel the growth projections or expectations among investors. So it does go some way to helping shore up confidence and transparency in the company and that could to some extent help share prices.
1: Yeah, speaking of share prices, up to November, global investors were looking at a 2,300% rally from C from 2017 to 2021, so quite a turnaround. Uh, guest on the show, Kelvin Sito, quoted in Bloomberg, I like his quote, he says, if not for the declining share prices, C may not have disclosed so many metrics and they could be doing this, uh, alluding to the email, to allow investors to understand their business better and that it's not too late. Interesting point of view there. Next, let's turn to Hong Kong and China, which are facing, surges in the number of COVID-19 cases. China's imposed a lockdown in its tech hub Shenzhen, 17 million people there. And Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index dropped 5% yesterday amid concerns about the economic impact of that lockdown. Just last week, Ryan, Beijing set a 5.5% economic growth target for this year. But now analysts say that growth target may be far too optimistic. So what are we looking at now?
0: Yeah, so here you've got the COVID lockdown possibly threatening half of China's economy. And this is really around the COVID-0 strategy where it is now locking down the latest, of course, making the headlines, Shenzhen City, which is a major tech hub. And this has links to many parts of the ecosystem involving many of the major players in the US and in China. And if you look at the numbers, it accounts for 11% of China's GDP. That is around 1.96% trillion dollars and that is around the size of Spain and South Korea and Shenzhen part of Guangdong which exports around 795 billion dollars worth of stuff and that accounts for 23% of China's shipments shipments so that is going to be something to really watch to see how long the lockdown lasts for right now it is supposed to last only a week but it is you no know, dependent on how well they manage to mitigate the case numbers.
1: Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index is down more than 30% over the past year. Stocks in Shanghai have faced a double-digit sell-off as well in recent months. These stocks are looking cheap, leading many investors to ask whether there is value in Chinese stocks or whether it's a value trap. So what do you think?
0: Wow, this is a tough one. If you ask Many people, and this is looking at one of the Bloomberg articles, uh, they did a bit of a survey. Many of the fund managers are just selling and cutting exposure there. No one's really interested in buying these days. Uh, no one's uh, really buying up at most. They're just holding on to what they have. And this is just over many issues. You've got the renewed concerns around the regulatory down. Most recently, you've got the US talking about possibly delisting US-listed Tech names because of auditing um, issues. You've got what's happening now with the COVID zero strategy, and of also possible sanctions—a uh, possibility if. Um, the US decides that China has been in some way supporting Russia. So for all these reasons, just spooking investors. So that is now seeing a lot of people just taking profit from Chinese stocks. Uh, But if you look at the other way, Mm -hmm. cheap is attractive in some places. Some of the companies have been sold off alongside some of the more exposed names. Mm -hmm. So for value players, it does look reasonably attractive if they are in it for the long term. So these would be platforms which still have strong fundamentals and not really in the um, tech exposed space or what could be um, seeing pressure from the regulatory side of things. So there is some value if you know where to look.
1: Yeah, we're going to take a closer look at Chinese internet stocks. They've fallen more in the last 13 months than U.S. tech companies have in the comparable period in the early 2000s. Remember the dot-com bubble. We'll see if there are parallels that we can draw from both uh, with my guest at 10.05 and Money and Me. Now, one company that has been particularly hard hit by the sell-off in Chinese stocks is Tencent. It plunged 10% amid news that it will need to pay a record anti-money laundering fine. Now, Ryan, some Western companies, meanwhile, are also getting caught up in the Shen- lockdown. The semiconductor maker Foxconn, for example, has said it needs to suspend operations. Tell us more.
0: Yeah, this is uh, no surprise when you've got a lockdown, you can't work, you can't even step out of the house in many cases. So factories not running to full capacity or even running at all. And Apple has operations in Shenzhen and they have paused those operations right now after that uptick in COVID-19 cases. So you might be due for some delayed shipments for Apple products or um, just outright uh, postponements. So something that will be closely watched um, as well as what the impact on prices might be uh, because of the tightness in supply. So it is for now making plans to pause operations and for now sticking to it and Apple stock price reacting uh, negatively down 2.6% overnight.
1: Foxconn supplies chips for Apple's iPhones. News that the chipmaker needs to suspend operations led to a sell-off in Apple shares overnight. They dropped 2.7% to their lowest level since November. And worse than that, from a technical viewpoint, Apple shares have fallen below a key threshold, their 200-day moving average. So what is so special about that particular metric?
0: Yeah, the 200-day moving average is a closely watched line. So this pretty much is the average price over the past 200 days or 40 weeks. And it gives a sense to traders uh, watching the charts to see what is the trend playing out for the stock price, whether it's going up, going down. And it helps them to identify using a line where the potential support or resistance areas are. So when it goes below that line, it kind of points to how there might be more momentum downwards. So once it breaks that line, it just feeds on itself. You know? People just saying, hey, it's going to go down. And then more people just sell. And it kind of spirals downwards. So that is one of the indicators for uh, technical. traders out there
1: apple currently trading around 150 us dollars a share it is down 17 percent from its peak earlier this year next up let's turn to russia ryan sanctions over its war with ukraine could be impacting russia's ability to pay its debts in fact the head of the international monetary fund is warning that a russian debt default is no longer an improbable event the credit agency fitch says quote a sovereign debt default is imminent Moscow's first test in this regard is going to come this week. So how much money does it need to raise to make payments?
0: All right, coming this week on Wednesday, $117 million due. That is going to be in US dollar denominated Eurobond coupons. And this, like you pointed out, is after a lot of pressure. You've got credit ratings agency Fitch just last week downgrading Russia's sovereign debt to a C rating. Mm -hmm. And you've got... um, Interestingly, Russia not really worried, at least on the surface, downplaying all those concerns. Uh, They have said they will use their reserves of Chinese yuan to pay the coupon coming up. Um, He has also, the finance minister, suggested the payment could be made in rubles if the payment request is rebuffed by Western banks. So he is kind of saying, hey, we've got the money, um, so don't be too worried about us. But it remains to be seen how uh, much of that will be accepted by the Um, creditors and of course um, once they fail to make payment it kicks off a 30 day um, grace period before a default situation is activated so it does still have some time to play with
1: Okay, if Russia does indeed default, I guess the next question is, what is the risk of global contagion? That's the real concern, isn't it? That investors mm. who do not receive their bond payments may then be forced to sell off assets elsewhere. So what's the likelihood there?
0: Yeah, it's pretty much split right now when it comes to the clarity of what will happen. If you look at what IMF is saying, um, the MD, Kristina Yorgeva, says she does not see sovereign debt default as an improbable event. But, For now, she doesn't think a wider financial crisis is likely. So this is where she points out that the global bank's exposure to Russia is not systemically relevant, and that is to the tune of $120 billion. So going by IMF's view, it is not too much to be worried about. And going by Russia's view, they have the money, um, but they just can't pay it yet because of technical reasons. So that seems to be on that camp where it might not have a contingent effect. But of course, uh, it could also see things uh, play out the other way um, because Russia is plugged in into many of the um, payment networks out there. Mm. Many of them relying on Russia to pay up before they can move on to do other stuff. So there is that cash flow knock-on impact as well for other companies who have been transacting with Russia in the past years. So it is going to be something to watch out for.
1: Credit ratings agency last week downgraded uh, Russia's sovereign debt to a C rating. A S&P global ratings has come in and also downgraded Russia's foreign and local currency sovereign credit rating to triple C CCC-. minus. Uh, this on the basis that the measures that Moscow's taken to mitigate the barrage of sanctions imposed by the U.S. and its allies will likely substantially increase the risk of default. Let's turn to the U.S. and global oil markets now. So while the Nasdaq slid 2% overnight, other blue chips did better the dow finished flat investors are closely tracking oil prices which have slid back towards 100 US dollars a barrel well off their highs of about 130 last week so what's behind all this and have oil prices why have oil prices eased up even as the war in ukraine continues
0: yeah it might be confusing to see oil prices come down even though the crisis is still playing out in ukraine of course uh, that has helped many commodity prices push up to Really high levels recently. Uh, but for now, let's take a look at where crude oil is. It's down nearly 4% for WTI, under $100 right now. Brand crude at $103, down 3.7%. So easing up even further. And a couple of things playing out, perhaps uh, part of that reason. You've got, for example, ongoing talks between Russia and Ukraine. That seems to give some hope that we could see some progress. Um, also, what's playing out in China, the COVID 19 situation where we've seen a bit of a lockdown happening on many cities, and that could dampen the demand outlook for many items, including oil. So, that could be a dampener as well. And the other factor to consider is the demand destruction that is happening when you have high prices. When it becomes so high, you just have people not wanting to buy anymore or people just going out of business. So you've got all those factors as well to consider why it might be playing a part in bringing down the current prices of oil.
1: Finally, before we check in on markets, and by the way, even though oil prices are sliding back, they are still significantly higher than where they were just a month ago. Before we check in on markets, Elon Musk is making headlines again, this time on two fronts. First up, he has some advice for people faced with rising prices. What is it?
0: Yeah, Elon Musk is really the definition of a newsmaker. <laughs> he is always making news for various reasons. On on Twitter, he talked about how his company, SpaceX and Tesla, is facing significant inflation risks. And of course, uh, this is around raw materials and logistics and around what's been happening with commodity prices due to the Ukraine war. So that is seeing prices of metals being used in his cars, the aluminium in the bodywork to palladium in his batteries, and all that just possibly meaning a higher price tag down the road for customers wanting to buy a Tesla or to use his SpaceX rockets. And this could still go up further if we see more Western sanctions and the impact of those sanctions playing out. And you've got also the shipment. um, Those um, shipment of um, freight rates as well as the chip supplies all playing a part in just possibly raising the prospect of inflationary pressures.
1: So in a tweet where people often fish around for advice from bazillionaires, Elon Musk said basically in an inflationary environment, it's a good idea to buy physical things like homes um, or stocks in companies that you think make good products, uh, physical assets. So what do you think? Does that make sense? I mean, a lot of analysts say it's not good to hold on to cash when inflation's on the rise.
0: Yeah, Michelle, if you want to buy the Tesla, now is the time because the price tag is going up. So the best time is yesterday and it looks like um, going by what Elon Musk is saying, it pretty much echoes what a lot of um, traditional advice or pieces of advice we've heard from many uh, more, of the, more of the conventional investors like Warren Buffett, know? Buy mm. things you are familiar with and things you can hold and touch because these are really fundamental items that will hold on to their value uh, rather than valuations around technology which are really lifted by expectations and growth stories and everything else in between that is fluffy. So this is why I saying you no know, when things are bad, fall back on the fundamentals and you could imagine it could be items like gold or mm. really the fundamental um, companies defensive stuff like utilities. Things that will be around for a long time.
1: In the meantime, he is not selling his Bitcoin, Ethereum or Doge. So, must saying that he's going to hold on to his virtual currencies. Uh, Ryan, what do you think of Musk's second message of the day? And that is a challenge to Rus- Russian President Vladimir Putin.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure to take him seriously after, you know, we've all that about his advice. Here he is challenging Russian President Vladimir Putin to a fight, a real fight. And, the prize is Ukraine. I'm not sure how that can be um, staged or how this will be played out. So he has tweeted that, uh, or he has tweeted a challenge to Russian President Vladimir Putin in Russian as well, as well as English. Do you accept this fight?
1: One is 50 And one is 69, and their weight categories are completely different. But, um, yeah, I think it's uh, notched that one out to another piece of eccentricity from Elon Musk. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang there. This is Market View.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and
1: risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app.